around this time of year, around Christmas especially, I love to start watching movies. Holiday Inn is one of my favorites. It is indeed where uh, the song White Christmas first appeared. And uh, it's essentially, here's the story. It's a guy who lives in New York. He works on Broadway. He decides he wants to cast it all aside, move up to Connecticut, buy a little farm, and have a Holiday Inn where people could come on holidays and to celebrate and have a big show. Um, and so every holiday he would be open, and then he would um, not be open for the rest of the year. didn't turn out the way he thought, but... They go through all the different holidays. On Thanksgiving, there is, uh, they show these calendars every time a holiday comes up. Now, on Thanksgiving in this, the turkey goes from um, November 26th or 27th, and it, where it says Thanksgiving Day, and then Thanksgiving Day moves to the week before, and the turkey's like, whoo, and he jumps up and he runs to, the, to where Thanksgiving Day is, and then the word Thanksgiving Day moves down to the week it was prior, previously on, and the turkey goes, whoo. And he jumps down and he runs down to that one. And he does this about three or four times. And then he looks at the camera and goes, forget it. Now, I've always wondered why that happened. It's always funny. I'm like, that's really funny. What happened? Here's what happened. In 1939, I don't know if you know this, but in 1939, FDR was president. And at the time, we're coming out of the Great Depression. We're coming out of the big dust bowl. We're coming out of this, this tremendously horrible and difficult time for the people who lived then. For our country. And there was a belief that if you moved Thanksgiving Day a week earlier, then we would have more shopping days between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and our country would rebound. Because we all know that it's about the money, right? The Benjamins. And so FDR went along with the people who were pushing this, the business leaders of the country, and he made Thanksgiving, he, he did his presidential proclamation, because at this time it wasn't a national holiday, it was always a presidential proclamation. And he made this presidential proclamation that it would be the third Thursday of November, so that there would be more shopping days. Now this caused great uproar throughout the country. States said that they were going to not agree with the president. And not go along with his proclamation. Does it sound familiar, right? I mean, like, that never happens today. They get really upset and really, and so, um, some states say, no, 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 we will recognize the true Thanksgiving Day, which is the fourth Thursday, the last Thursday at the time. And then some states, like the state of Texas, said, you know what? We're gonna do both because that's how we roll. In 1940, the same thing happens, and the economy still isn't rebounding, and so FDR does the same thing again, and he makes it the third um, Thursday of November. And then, 1941, Congress said, this is silly, we're tired of you, FDR, we're going into war, we need to celebrate and have a day, and, and all of these things, and so they made it the fourth Thursday of November, and it has been that day ever since. Now, the funny thing is, when they went back and looked at all of the records and the business reports and all the shopping, nothing changed. It didn't happen. For those states that moved it to the third Thursday, they didn't get any more money than those who kept it on the last Thursday. All it did was it extended the time with which people shopped. They didn't spend any more money. They just lingered a little bit longer in the stores, if you will. So it had no real effect. But what it did was it set this precedent in my mind 
that Thanksgiving was all about what you could get. It put this economic spin on that holiday that hasn't left. On um, Halloween night, I don't know why I was going somewhere, um, but I was driving somewhere and I passed by um, Stoneworks over here at the quarry. I was t- turning on from, um, from Broadway to Bassey. And there were men out there setting up the Christmas tree. It's Halloween night. And there were men out there setting up the Christmas tree at the, at the Lincoln Heights up there. Now, you know that I love me some Christmas, right? I mean, I mentioned, I opened with a Bing Crosby holiday movie. Let's be honest. I'm a little nuts when it comes to these types of things. But something's wrong when we miss Thanksgiving. Something is wrong when we set our eyes on the prize, if you will. And the prize in the greater world is not necessarily the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The prize is what's going to be under my tree and in my stocking. That was my son, by the way. He just gave a shout out. Yeah! The ironic part of this entire thing is um, Corbin wrote his letter to Santa this morning. And I'm like, this is just perfect timing. In Genesis, I know you're, you're going, how are you going to tie this in? I'm glad you asked. In Genesis chapter 3, it says this, verse 1. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all creatures the Lord God had made. Really? He asked the woman. Did God really say you must not eat of any fruit in the garden? Of course we may eat it, the woman told him. It's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God says we must not eat it or even touch it or we will die. She won't die, the serpent hissed. God knows that your eyes will be opened when you eat it. You will become just like God, knowing everything, both good and evil. The woman was convinced. The fruit looked so fresh and delicious. It would make her so wise. So she ate some of the fruit. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her. Then he ate it too. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this story, there's a lot of stuff kind of going on here. One, this is where men like to go, see, women, you ruined it all for us. But if you notice, Adam was right there with her. He was there. He listened to the serpent. He didn't choose to step in either. So we're hand in hand in this one, folks. The other thing that you may not notice that um, was pointed out uh, to me recently is Eve changes the story. In chapter 2, when God creates this tree and he goes to Adam and he tells Adam, hey, look at this garden. This is this garden. It describes how amazingly beautiful the garden is. This garden is for you. Eat of anything you want. But that tree over there, just just don't eat of it. Just just don't eat from it. Because you'll die. What does Eve say? Don't eat. Don't even touch it. That's not what God says. Now, we don't know what Adam tells her because Adam, you know, obviously tells her because she knows that we are to stay away from this tree. She wasn't there. It was only Adam at the time when God told him this. So Adam goes and maybe he's trying to make a point. Look, woman, you see that tree? Don't even touch the tree. okay? like I don't even want you to get near it. Who knows what happened? 
But what happened is the wheels of the human mind started spinning. And we started focusing on stuff. And we're like, oh, you can't have that. You can't have that. You can't really want that. But look at all the other things that God has created around. Look at the, it says, these beautiful trees, these delicious fruits, everything everywhere, these wonderful rivers. This, this place is the Garden of Eden. It's like, just, look, I know what's going to happen. God, for our protection, is saying, hey, stay away from that. But there's something in us. There's something in us that just just misses what gratitude is. We, we miss what thankfulness truly is. Instead of being thankful for having this wonderful, amazing garden, we are just zeroed in on that thing that we don't have. I, I, I think what I was thinking about this week is, Thanksgiving has become the garden and Christmas is the tree. Thanksgiving, this holiday that we are supposed to stop and just one day a year be thankful. That's it. You know, our society is just like, hey, look, you don't have to, you can be selfish every day of the year. But this one day, just be thankful. Just have some gratitude in your heart on that one fourth Thursday of November. And, and yet, even with that, we're already scratching Thanksgiving off of the calendar and looking towards that next one. Because that next one, ooh, is something that we want. Oh, man, you know, I, I'm going to sit down and write my little letter to Santa. Corbin, can I share what you asked for? Thanks. He's like, yeah, because maybe Santa will hear even more. So... Um, we start off with, we want a cute, cuddly puppy. That's how we open. And then we go to a J.J. Watt jersey. I, I don't think it's for the I think it's for him, not the, not the puppy. Um, and then we go to, I think, Lego, some sort of Lego Millennial Falcon um, scenario going on. And then he's like, he had a lot of room left on the page. And so he's like... What else? I'm like, dude, you open pretty hard. You know, you, like, you're not just holding anything back. You're going for the dog. You know, I mean, that's, that's big, okay? The J.J. Watt jersey, even. Um, and so he's, you know, it's cast, and so he disappears for a little bit, and he comes back to the room, and he lays two catalogs on the floor. I got two magazines! And it's like fodder for the, for the tree of life. You know, it's like things that I don't have, but I'm about to want. Never even been exposed to them before. Never heard of anything like these things before. But in just a moment, I am going to need these in order to continue my life. Let's not pay attention to all the toys that I have in my room that never see the light of day. Let's focus on the stuff I don't have. And we laugh because it's cute when a seven-year-old does this, and we all did that. But I'm 40, and I wouldn't mind writing a letter to Santa myself. Because sometimes there are some things that I look and I fall into this trap of missing the garden and looking for the tree. And we live in a society that is always pushing that stuff. And if you don't have this, then what kind of person are you? 
If you're not driving this, if you're not wearing this, if you're not going to these places, if you're not doing these things, then what's the point? And so we miss the garden and we look for that tree. We forget to be thankful and to sit and go, man, I am so grateful for the things that I have. Jenna recently found... I don't know where she found it, but it was this little piece of paper. And on it said wheelchair. And then the different things, implements that we needed to attach to the wheelchair. It was from a long time ago, many years ago, when Grace didn't walk and they didn't think she ever would. And we had to have a wheelchair. And we were planning to live our life with a wheelchair. What does it look like for us to go day in, day out with a wheelchair? What does it look like for Grace? And she had, I mean, it came here all the time to church. Um, it was pink, had pink, uh, hot pink tubes and a black leatherette seat. Um, and it was pink uh, stitching across it that said Grace, you know. And it was, it was sweet and it was really fast at times. Um, but it wasn't what we wanted. And we prayed and we prayed. And Grace is stubborn and strong. And she beat it. And she's no longer in the wheelchair. And she runs around. And you see her all the time. She runs around. And, and sometimes she runs in places where she shouldn't. And we got to, like, hold her back. And um, it's just amazing how actually fast she is. Her, her, le- her hips are still dislocated. And so she's a little wobbly. I, I picture it like a sailor, really, on a, who just got onto his boat again. And she's like this, running down the hall and just <laughs> bouncing and kicking glasses. Heather. But that's kind of actually appropriate, really, for our house. Except it would have had something. A chocolate milk and <laughs> everywhere. Perfect. And sometimes we get really irritable with her because she's running around. And we get so frustrated with her because she runs out and she runs towards the street. And we're like, Grace, stop! She runs to the next door neighbor, Miss Susan's house, because she loves Miss Susan. And she loves Cookie. And she wants to go see Cookie the dog. And... She always runs over there or she'll run the other way. And we just get so frustrated. We're like, would you just stay in one place? Sitting in the garden and looking for the tree, right? How about God? I'm so thankful that you can walk and you can run and I have to run after you. Or we send him after you. Like a little sheepdog, we call him the grace herder. Hey, go get your sister. But so often we, we get focused on, on the things that we don't have and we get focused on, on the irritations of our current situation that we forget to be thankful. Adam and Eve were in arguably the best place ever created. But they were like, ah, this, is, this is great, but that right there. Oh. During this season of Thanksgiving, let's reclaim the holiday. Reclaim this season of gratitude. To not fall into the trap of Adam and Eve and be looking what is next and what we don't have, but to sit in the garden and say, this is beautiful. Yeah, periodically there are some weeds that pop up. 
But oh, oh, for the peace of this garden. And you know, gratitude and thankfulness is kind of a, a discipline. It's a muscle. It's a muscle that most of us have a hard time with because we don't use it that often. Kevin Workman and I were moving these, the old brown chairs this morning. They were over here in the front. And we both tried to tackle one thing at a time. And then we stopped and we're like, oh, this is so hard. Let's work together. And I was realizing the muscles that I don't have. It takes strengthening them, working them out. This, this gratitude muscle. What if this Thanksgiving season, for the, for the rest of this month, what's today, the 8th? For the rest of this month. Let's don't be nitpicky people. <laughs> the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, whatever. It's November. The rest of this month. What if we'd be grateful that I knew it was November? <laughs> what if we'd be grateful on a daily basis? What if we sit with our families, we sit with our friends, and we share with them not just what we're grateful for, but what we're grateful for because of them? You. I'm grateful for you because of this. What if we began to treat one another in this respect leading up to Thanksgiving? And on Thanksgiving Day, people from your family members that come in from far away or whatever, and you see them and you haven't been with them the entire month, you're going to be just oozing thankfulness over them. They're going to be like, whoa, what is wrong, Uncle Ronnie? This is craziness. But wouldn't it be amazing if we began to live in the garden and be thankful for being in the garden? That's my challenge to us. My challenge to us for the remainder of this month is to begin a practice of thankfulness. There's multiple ways you can do this. You can do it at mealtime and you can share it verbally with one another. You can sit down in the mornings and you can write little gratitude strips and something you're thankful for and fold it up in a little, doesn't your grandmother do this, Jane do this, and, and fold it up in a little box and put it in a box on the mantle. And when you're having a bad day, you walk over to that thankfulness box and you pull it out and you read something that you're thankful for. Was it Granny that does this? It was Mimi that did it. Oh, even better. What if you begin a practice where you... Teach your children or you teach your nieces and nephews or your grandchildren or you teach your neighbors, whatever it is, what it truly means to be thankful. Yes, it is fun to think about Christmas, and I don't want to take that away from my son. I remember taking those catalogs and circling the things that I wanted and then handing it to mom and dad and going, make it happen. I remember doing that, and it was just really fun, right? But what if we also, what if we also begin to say, hey, let's be thankful for what we have. Let's be thankful for each other. Let's be thankful for the presence of God in our lives. So let us be a people of true thanksgiving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the many blessings 
that flood our lives. For the very fact that you have given us breath on this day. For the life that you have given us to lead. For the gifts and graces that you have filled us with that have created us into individuals. Glory is